Hey everybody, welcome to This Board Game Life, episode number 46, titled On the Hunt. This is the show about board games, tabletop games, anything else we want to talk about. I am one of your fine hosts for tonight. My name is Rob, and with me as always, I got my good buddy Mark. Hey everybody, how you doing? How you doing, Rob? I'm doing just fantastic. Really good. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of... Kind of, this is kind of like a spoiler, but uh, you know, I, I see you got some cool stuff <laughs> on your uh, on my list. On your list, uh, on your list, yeah. I definitely some have some noob stuff. stuff. Some, noob, some stuff. noob stuff. Noob stuff. <laughs> noob. Oh, yeah. sc- old one, school one stuff. One of old them. school. <laughs> yeah, that one's like a four-letter word <laughs> in the gaming, in the gaming world. Oh, come world. on, whatever. <laughs> yeah, everybody can figure out on their own which one I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, good times, good stuff. <laughs> but let's not waste any time. And uh, hey, Rob, what have you been? Got, what have you gotten to the table lately? Why? Thanks, thanks for asking, Rob. Notice how I just. Inserted myself into that. I did. I noticed yeah. that because I yeah, wasn't going to ask you because you were being yeah. rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I didn't get a whole lot in um, these past two weeks. I, I got another play in of Azul, which seems to be kind of like the uh, the common theme. I, I I think I played this for like the last four shows, um, like uh, on a regular basis. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if a week went by without me playing it, but anyway, uh, got a couple. Game. <laughs> yeah, got a couple of that, and, and that's the original, the OG legit version of Azul. Yeah, and then um, I don't know if you're familiar with this one. This is an oldie but a goodie. It's called Roll Through the Ages. Man, I, I don't even remember like when this game first came out. It's been around for at least ten years, and. Um, it's a it's a pretty sweet game. I, I I'm pretty sure it's still in. Well, I don't know if it's still in print. I'm assuming it is because uh, it's it was such a popular game. But uh, what this one is is uh, it's the first version in the Roll Through the Ages series. There's another one called the I- Roll Through the Ages: The Iron Age. That was kind of like a sequel that came out not about seven years ago, six seven years ago. So Roll Through the Ages is even older. Oh, wow. Actually. Let me see if I can find out when that came out. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 2011. So I see 2008. It. 2008. That's the Bronze Age? Yeah. That's oh, the Iron Age. The, yeah. So the Bronze Age is the first one the iron age is the sequel to it oh, so, okay yeah i played the original of the bronze age i kind of okay. mess those up because the names are so similar but uh anyway so yeah roll through the ages the bronze age is the original one it's actually pretty cool because you get these so you know how in a lot of games you have your own player board right uh-huh so with this one you actually get a wooden board the thing is uh, you know it's it's i don't even know it's like you know a couple inches wide and it's got little holes in it where you insert pegs and that's how you keep count of 
different resources and stuff. And I want to say it's one of the first Roland rights. So they say Roland rights, you know, it's kind of like a more recent thing, you know, it came out within the last probably eight, nine years. Well, roll through the ages did it a long time before that. Cause you roll a bunch of dice and then, you know, as you get resources through your rolls, you mark them by moving these pegs across uh, on these little holes. And it's uh, it's a very interesting game. It's actually a lot of fun. There's some online adaptations of this. I know Yukata or Yukata has it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Board Game Arena has it too. But it is your typical, um, I'll call it a yahtzee derivative where you know you roll a bunch of dice and you know there's different stuff on each dice like skulls and wheat which is food and and uh, you're basically looking to grow your civilization um and uh, be victorious i guess that's a good way to put it <laughs> And the funny thing is, if I remember right, the sequel that came out um, uh, a bunch of years later is, I want to say it was actually done by a different person. Oh, really? Yeah. So even though it's a sequel, it was done by somebody else. And uh, But yeah, Roll Through the Ages, it's a classic game and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So it was it was really good to get it back out to the table. I hadn't played it in years, at least my physical copy. So it was like seeing an old friend. Yeah, the Iron Age came out in 2014. Oh, wow, that's nine years ago. Thomas Lehman was the designer. Mm -hmm. And then the Bronze Age, it was Matt Laycock was a designer. So Mm -hmm. is it the same publisher? It's the same publisher. Uh, Eagle Griffin, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then at one the, of, if the artists and then, are different. It looks like different artists, too. Yeah. And then one of those guys, because I, I confuse the two. I can, for some reason, never remember who's who between Matt and Thomas. Uh, one of them actually did, I mean, it wasn't a sequel but it was like in the same family kind of um, they took this kind of design and they evolved it further into a game called uh, Roll Through the Galaxy okay and uh, that was a lot of fun too a Roll for the Galaxy that was it not <laughs> Through the Galaxy <laughs> So let me see who who did that one. Yeah, Thomas uh, Lehman. Lehman. He did that. Roll one. for the galaxy. Race for the galaxy. Yeah, race oh, for the did, galaxy. He did Res Arcana as well. I've heard good things yeah. about Res Arcana. Yeah. Yeah, that's his too. And then race for the galaxy, which is also an inspiration for Roll for the Galaxy. Uh, Race for the Galaxy is an excellent card game, by the way. 
I think it's one that uh, still holds up to this day, although it might be a little dated uh, in terms of art and other stuff. But yeah, Race for the Galaxy is amazing. Cool. Multi-use cards and stuff. But yeah, that's about it for me. How about you? What have you played? Oh, I got a couple things in this past two weeks. Um, I got a couple different playings out of Doomlings. Um, it's definitely um, the more people you have, the more fun that game really is. Yeah. <laughs> I, now I had um, had uh, um, this. We just actually played this one yesterday. So I had a, a friend of mine come over and made my mother come over and I'm like, we're going to play some games. And I got a new pizza oven. And so we were making fresh homemade pizzas and stuff and, and going to do games. So we, I pulled doomings out and my mother didn't like it the last time, but I was like, she won't remember she's old. <laughs> so, yeah. so we played it again. And it was funny because as we were playing, um, if you're, if you're not familiar with this game, it is a card game. You basically, you play one card at a time um, and you're going through different ages um, and every time. So everybody gets a turn and after everybody's done a turn, that's like one round and then you flip over an age card. So in age, basically you always start out with the same. It's like birth of the birth of the, what is it? Birth of the something basically tells you, yeah, set your set your gene pool, which is how many cards you're allowed to have in your hand. You set it to five. So and then you play one card in front of you, which they call mm-hmm. it your trait pile. And and the and basically the doomlings are all the little characters on on the cards. And and basically the the world is gonna get destroyed. So it's like the birth of this world, and then you're playing it through the different ages. And then after there's three catastrophes happen, that ends the world. It basically destroys the world. And then it, and that, that ends the game. So uh, we had just, I think we had just completed the, we were in the, we were in the second age. Uh, so we'd already had one catastrophe and my mother had drawn a card and she got real excited. Oh, yay, I got a good one. Hmm. <laughs> so the next, I think it was the next, no, it was, and the next person played, and then after that, it was my son. I think it was my son, and then it was like we had to switch because everybody had gone around, so we switched and pull up a new age. So I pulled the card up and looked at it, <laughs> and I just started laughing, and I looked over at my mother, and I'm like, you are going to not be happy. Because it requires everyone to discard their whole hand and draw a new hand. And she was so mad. She's like, no, uh, no, this isn't huh. fair. <laughs> Life isn't fair. Yeah. <laughs> but each age gives you like new rules for that. So mm-hmm. like some, some of them are like, you're allowed to, you like some might say like, you don't have to, they call it stabilizing. So when you're, ter- after you've played your card, and sometimes you can play a card that allows you to play other cards or steal from other people or, you know, they, they all have different things, but essentially you're playing a card. Um, and sometimes you can play several depending on how you're playing your cards. But when you're done with your turn, you stabilize. So you either have to 
uh, that card that says what they call the gene pool. I mean, that says how many cards you're allowed to have in your hand. And it can change for everybody because, like, I can put down a card that says give me plus one to my gene pool. So then it goes up to six. That means I can sure. have six cards in my hand. So um, so everybody can be different. And sometimes uh, sometimes uh, when you flip a new age, it'll say minus one to everyone's gene pool. So everyone loses one regardless of where you're at. Right. Um, but when the third catastrophe comes up, that ends the game. And then you have to follow the catastrophe, whatever it tells you. But then there's also another one that's called the world's end. And it like there's more things that, you know, could cause you harm, if you will. And and then basically you add up all your points um, at the end of the game. So but it's a it's really fun. I did play this with I played it with two people. My daughter and I played it. And it just doesn't work so well. It goes by real yeah. fast. Um, but we and had it is rated people. for two, right? Uh, like yeah, two or two. Yeah, I think the minimum is two because I did look at that. Um, but it's just it's just not it's you don't you don't get very far into it because you're you play a card, your partner plays a card and then you're flipping the new age. So it's right. a lot better. There's a lot more activity when you've got, I'd say, at least four players. Um, and we had five and it was really good. It's like the game lasted a bit longer. There was a lot more activity going on. You've got, you know, everyone's looking at, okay, what do you got? Cause sometimes you're stealing a trait that someone has out. Um, and it just, it makes a much more livelier game. So it's a really good, right. fun, very easy game um, really to play. Um, then I got a, a new one that came in. So this was new to my shelf this week. It was one I was really looking forward to playing. Um, and I really like this because I'm really discovering that I like, I think I'm a fan of worker placement. Yep, me too. Dice rolling. Sure. And I'm thinking that flipping right, rolling right, so far the ones that I've done, I really enjoy. Okay. And this one is called Dice Manor, and it's a dice rolling game. And you, everyone, it's a four player game. It does max out at four players. And you, um, you start out with seven dice. Everybody has seven dice. So um, you get seven dice of your own color. And okay. you can get up to two more dice in your hand. Um, but the game only has, it's officially, it's like four rounds. So, and what you're doing is you are building up a manor or a house, like a mansion, right? But so you, you start out with this one tile that's like your entry point and, and you got your seven dice. So on your turn, you roll all seven dice. Now on the board in the middle of the table, there are several different things going on. You've got your, what they call prestige points, but it's like, it's the score. Okay. That's your score. Sure. And they've got like a, uh, it's a board of like from one to a hundred. Um, and it's in the really nice thing is remember we've talked about Azul. If you buy the, was it the crystal mosaic add on? It gives you that plastic layover for the scoreboard. Yeah. The so overlay. That your cubes, yeah. yeah. Well, this is, it's all like a thick cardboard, but it's, oh, yeah. it's cut into it. So like, Every so it's point two, is it's not a two layer. It's a two layer board. Basically. Yes. So yeah. yes. So you can I put like a cube like into there and it keeps your cubes in space in its place. And then if you, if two people are on the same spot, you just put the cube on, on the scoring cube on top of that one. But um, it, uh, and then there's, there's what's called the auction. So in the middle, I'm sorry, not auction advertising. Um, so you can, there's an opportunity 
to put your dice and try to move like this little house to the right. And then your extra dice, uh, you'll have one of them will move one to the left or, or any of the house can move either none, one or two, depending on where you end up in this um, auction. Right. So basically once the dice and the house meet, you gain that extra dice. And then after that, if you're going into advertising, you're moving the second dice closer right. to that house. So you're, and that house is going to keep moving towards that order dice. So you can get up to nine dice, which is going to help you with your rolls. Um, so when you first start out, you know, you roll your seven dice and then you've got that. Now you also around the board is six tile pieces essentially. And they're the number. So one, twos and threes are just like a single little tile. They're different types of rooms. They're different colors. They have different numbers on them. And then numbers four, five, and six are larger tiles for different areas of this manor that you're going to build. So if you roll like, say I roll three threes out of my seven dice. So you roll your seven and you you group your numbers together. So you might, oh, I might have two ones. I might have a two. I might have three threes. Uh, and then maybe a four and a six, okay, out of the seven dice. So you're basically now going to bid on the either the room that you want, the tile piece that you want to add to your manor, or you're going to go into the advertising to try to be the first person or in that first spot to get the, to move the house and the dice closer together to get that. Or you can put a dice onto your manor to do what they call a tour. But at the start of the game, you really you only have that one tile. So it's not really helpful unless you really have nothing else you can do with your, with your dice. But so say I have three threes, I'm going to put my three threes like on the uh, on the board by the the tile that is for number for threes on your dice. Now, the game is interesting because it's and then I'm done that turn and it goes to the next person. They roll their dice. So it goes all the way around the table. People rolling dice. They put they place one number on the board. OK, I put three dice, but they only had all three had the number three on them. So now someone else may have rolled, say they roll four threes. They could put their dice on that number three spot. And right now they have claim to that. Now, because they've got four dice there and I only have three. But now it comes back to my turn. Well, I still have, what, four dice left because I've only spent three of my seven. So I roll the remaining four. Now, if I get another three or maybe two more, I can add those there to give me four or five dice at that spot. Now I'm winning that, right? So yep. the per who, so basically when you're bidding on your tiles, it's whoever has the most dice of that number in play. So and and you could lose it. Like if I have if if I have spent all my dice and I only have three there, and someone else has more dice and they only had two there, but they roll two threes, they stick it there. Boom! They now there's no way for me to come back and get that. I've lost, wasted those four dice there because someone else stole my tile. Um, and uh, so that that's one mechanic. The other, again, like I talked about advertising, is interesting because I could have rolled like three or four ones, and I'll put them in that first spot on the advertising. 
but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say I'll just say two. I rolled two ones and I put them there because no one's in advertising, so I'm in the first spot, sure. which gives me the best benefit. Uh, but then someone can roll. So I said, what I say two? Uh, I'm gonna say two twos. Okay, say I roll two twos. The next person they roll three ones, so they're gonna go into advertising. Well, because they have three dice compared to my two. They take the first spot and kick me down to the second spot. Okay. Because in that area, it, it doesn't matter the number. It again, it's about how many of uh, dice. Um, so it's the more dice you have of a number leads. Now, if I end up rolling more twos later and I can I can add more twos to that advertising and then move them if I exceed that, or if because they have one, they had three ones and I only had two twos, if I add another two to that on my turn, they've got three ones, I've got three twos, we have the same amount of dice, but now my number is higher than theirs. So the ones shift down and I go back into the first place. And so it's 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 like every time you're going, it's like, where am I going to spend my dice? And I want to make sure I don't get hosed later on. So you're looking at like, in fact, at one point I was I asked someone, uh, my friend, I was like, how many dice do you have? Because he had his hand over it and we were kind of competing for one. And he's like, oh, I got one. And I was like, OK, good. So I'm not going to worry about putting my dice there because he only had one left. I knew that tile was mine. He couldn't steal it from me. And we were the only two going after it. No one else had as many dice left to play to even go there. So I'm like, fine, I'm going to put my dice somewhere else. And there's like tokens you can get that these little tokens that everybody starts with, two. You can either adjust like a die that you roll up or down by one or you can re-roll all of your dice that aren't committed to something. So like if I roll, and you can even do that the very first start, you roll seven dice, you're like, ooh, I didn't get nothing. I can re-roll all seven by using one of those tokens. Or if I get, um, uh, say I get three fours, I'm like, okay, I want, maybe I want another one for whatever reason. I can re-roll the remaining dice to see if I get any more fours, you know, stuff like that. So it's really fun because you roll, you you place one set of die. It doesn't matter how many they are, but it's just one number. And then the next person goes. And we keep going around like this until everyone's dice have been placed. And then that ends that round. Um, and then you score and there's different ways to score based on if you've, you know, had people tour your manor but then after you go through so you do this four times there's four rounds when the fourth round ends the, okay. the fourth round is your last chance to get these tiles for your big manor and then at the so the fifth round the only thing you're doing is rolling dice and then placing these dice into your manor now your manor your rooms all have like numbers on them so they might they'll be numbered one through six and some will have like a three and a three slash four which means you can put a three or a four on that tile and you as you're building your manor you 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 want to do it you got to think of because you're doing a grand tour the the idea is that you're you're having people take a tour of your manor that you have built 
Now you can do this during rounds one through four because it's considered under construction and you can actually start and that's in rounds one through four. That's how you start to get points by having people go through early, but it's not going to be a full completed manner, but you can start getting points on the board. Um, but as you're doing that, you're not, it's taking away from the ability to get more dice or to get more rooms. And sometimes you can do both. So again, it's like that whole kind of risk reward. How do you play this? What are others trying to do? And then even if you're going for a tile, okay, I picked this tile up, I won this tile, but what's the number on it? Because now, or where is it going to place? Because the tiles have walls and doors. And you when you, you can place the tile, like they they it doesn't matter their um, orientation can be upside down like the number can be upside down it doesn't matter what you're lining up are doors to doors and walls to walls you cannot put your tile down so that a door goes hits a wall so then you're like okay so you're in what that does is it kind of creates a path and sometimes you might end up splitting one of the guys ended up like when he started at the end he's like oh I can't go through the whole manner because you have to go in a, in a line. You have to, you know, just like if you were walking through a museum, right? You can't go two ways at once. You're only going to go one way. So you have to kind of lead through there by rolling dice. And so if you can get tiles that have the same number. So like if there's like a question mark is like a wild, you can put any number there and everyone's home tile or main your starting tile is a question mark. So then what's the tile next to it? Say it's a two. So if I roll two twos, I can put two dice down, one on each one. If the third tile that's there is a two and I've got and I've rolled three twos, I can place three at one time. So you're trying to, you know, but then after that, what's the next number? You know, and then so everyone does this. You come back around, you do your second roll. Now you're trying to get different numbers because you know, or possibly the same, but you're trying to get as many people through. And every time that you roll on the grand tour, if you roll and you don't get, so as you get near the end, say, I'll, okay, all I need is a five. I have one tile left. I need to roll a five. I only have two dice left. I roll both dice. I don't get a five. One of those dice comes out as, and they, they sit off to the side as an unhappy guest. Now you're down to one dice. So that's how it's like, you keep rolling until you have, and every time you can't place dice on that manner, you pull another dice out. So it, it's it's less chances to actually complete your tour. And then once all your dice are gone, you're done. And then there's a whole bunch of scoring after that, um, like the most color diversity of the rooms, the mo the, the biggest manner, um, the uh, mo you know all, all kinds of different things that go into scoring it, but. Um, so it's it's interesting as you start when you first are playing, there's not a lot of scoring. In fact, until we got there the fifth round, my daughter hadn't even been on the board yet. Um, and it was kind of funny because at, at that start of that, she finally got on the board and I was like, she's on the board, everybody. <laughs> I don't know if she appreciated it, but it was fun. It, but, you know, um, but she didn't end up losing. Like she ended up passing. Um, I, I, I well, She didn't win. It was my friend over there across from us who kicked everybody's butt and he'd never played so i accused him of cheating but <laughs> none of us had played this before so it was a first play for everybody but i really liked it i don't know if everyone else felt the same um my mother was kind of like she kind of liked it but she was real confused on 
about placing the tiles down and the the numbers and like the order and and I was struggling trying to explain it to her. Um, and that could be me. I probably didn't do a great job of it, but um, uh, but no, I, I overall I really enjoyed the game. And it's actually a it's a what do they call it? It's a dice tower um, essentials. Is that what they call? Yeah, it's not. It's got yeah. the dice tower logo on it. Yeah, and, the, um, or the dice tower seal of excellence, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I actually saw it on one of their shows, and I was like, "That looks like a lot of fun," mm-hmm. um, because I I really do like dice throwing, and uh, yeah, I really like it. I'm really uh, hoping to get it back out to the table soon because I really want to play this one some more. There's so many different ways. And like the end of the game, I was out of tokens. So it's like, you you know, you can, I, I may have spent them a little early. So it's like, again, you want to, you know, if you can have a bunch of those near the end of the game, it can be very helpful, but you might need one earlier on to get your manor piece, you know? So there's so many ways, like every time you play this game, it's going to be different. You know, it's just there's so many different things you can do. And that's one thing I really like about it. Mm-hmm. So but anyways, um, hopefully I didn't bore everybody, but a super. No, fun no, game. not at all. <laughs> at least not uh, me. I don't know about everybody else. <laughs> uh, space base. I played it. I think I mentioned this last time. Uh, yeah, my daughter yeah, and I yeah. again played some space base and she slaughtered nice. me this time. Um, oh, you got her the first time. Oh, yeah. I beat her the first time. She claimed I was cheating, which was a lie. Um, if but, uh, winning is she, cheating, <laughs> someone was saying, uh, I think it was on Dice Tower, they're like, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, but yeah. but uh, the second time, and when we played the other day, I was like, I don't know. I, don't know. I think it's because I've been playing so many different games. It's like I forgot what like what the win condition was for some reason I was thinking it was like multiple things and she completely changed the way she played the game. And she was going after as soon as she could buy one of those, um, one of those 12 things that there's those 12 cards that sit out that you can buy at a high cost. And then you, you put that in your sector and then you can't change that card anymore but those give you victory points every time you roll that number. She just started buying those up and like, she had like one through six was like all on her board. And, and I was just like, okay. And I, it just didn't register for me that like when we hit 40, that's it. And for some reason I was thinking there was something else. I was kind of working towards that, but doing other something else too. And then she was like, okay, game over. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, this gives me 40. I was like, that doesn't end the game, right? <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh! It's like, I, note to self: read the what, read the <laughs> end game <laughs> scoring or end game rule, uh, yeah. because I you playing every when I play so many different things, it's like it's really hard for me to keep everything straight. And a lot of these, like we'd only played Space Base once before, so trying to keep like this how to play and trying to remember things is it's. Uh, I need to probably stop buying new games. My daughter will agree. Stop buying new games and actually really focus on the ones I really do enjoy. Like I loved Cascadia and I've only got to play it once. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm like, I've got this, well, I've got all these games. I got to play something new every time. And it's like, mm, then I'm missing out on some really great games that I, I know, do enjoy. Right? So, 
The struggle is real. Oh, the struggle is real. Yes. Um, also, I played something called Avatar, the last airbender fire nation rising. Uh, this, someone brought this to my game group last week and I have no clue what Avatar The Last Airbender is. I just know it's a cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. And okay, that might get, oh, no, no, it's not a cartoon. It's anime or whatever. I, they're all the same. Okay. Animations are cartoons. are <laughs> the same thing. Um, but this is just not a, um, a franchise or a um, property that I am familiar with. It just doesn't interest me. Um, and then, of course, everyone else at the table knew exactly what Avatar was. And they were all excited to play this. And I was like, I'll play it. You know, it's a game. You know, I don't care. Actually enjoyed the game. Didn't understand the concept of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, none of that meant. And then, and of course, people are like, oh, this name in there. Oh, cool. You got to get so-and-so. And oh, this person's great. No, don't let them die. And I was like, I don't know who they are. But I did like. Isn't the- that that's part of that. Remember that one. I think it was a 360 game that you could 1K the achievements in like 10 minutes. Oh, it was like yes, I did this, it, isn't it? Yeah, that was the last Airbender. I believe that was the last. I think that was Avatar: The Last Airbender. And you could start the game, and you'd have. I think it was like in two minutes, you could have the full 1,000. So like anybody that was an achievement person played that game. I did, but I played it for two minutes, and then I was done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like never played it again um yeah. but yeah that, that was my exposure to it but this game is i guess it's in a series called rising i guess or the name rising is in a couple other games that are the same type of mechanic but it's a different theme and i ended up so i and i really did like the game but I'm like, I just don't know the theme. So I went and looked at a couple others. And there was one that's uh, Harry Potter Death Eaters Rising. And it's the same, basically the same game. It's just a different theme. Right. Um, so I actually ordered that. And that's on the way. Um, because I'm like, my kids like Harry Potter. I think they'll really enjoy this. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, I did enjoy the, the game play. It sort of reminded me of Marvel United, but, but, but not, it's not exactly the same, but trying to take on a boss and they can pull out, they have like, um, you're still rolling dice, which is cool. I like that. It got dice. It's still cards. It's not exactly like Marvel United. Is it Marvel United? Is that the one I'm thinking of? I think so. It's right behind my monitor. Yes, the Marvel United series. So it's got that type of where you're you are cooperatively working with everyone around the table to defeat the basically the main boss, the main baddie, and then he has boss uh, he has people that come out um, of the deck and and they can come on the on the out on the table. And there's also allies on the table, which you can recruit to you. So the only real connection or similarity with Marvel is that you're fighting the boss who also has help on his end and you're working cooperatively. 
Um, outside of that, it's 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 very different. You don't place the cards all the way around in a circle, and right. it, it's you're rolling dice, and everybody has different types of dice. And as you recruit allies, they can help you gain more dice. You're trying to you know um, take that you got and you've got to meet certain goals. There's another chart or a board that, and I don't I don't remember what it's called, but it's got like a a moon on it, I think. And, um, you're trying to get our teams trying to achieve certain goals to get to that moon before the boss is able to get his marker up there. Because if he gets it there first, we lose. If we get to the moon first, then it goes into phase two. And what happens is some additional cards come out, some conditions change, and then we are basically fighting the boss at that point. Um, and we were able to win. We did beat him. We got to that moon like one step before he did. He got to it um, right afterwards, but we had already got there. So it already triggered, but um, it was really close. We got, we were very close to losing, but we did end up going to the second stage and beating him, which, and it was fun. It was a really fun game. I really like cooperative games like that. Um, and then I did teach my mother patchwork. I had mentioned that a couple weeks ago that I bought that and uh, oh, I didn't yeah. get a chance to play that with her and, uh, she liked it. So that's cool. Uh, it'd be one I'll get to play with her again. Um, and then I, I actually brought, cause I was going over to her house. Um, and I, I brought something, I was like, I got to bring something that like I brought patch or patchwork. And I was like, let me bring something else just in case. Cause I was like, I need, I need to have a serious talk with her. And I'm like, I just need something simple so we can talk. And so I brought Yahtzee because I know she really likes that game. And I haven't played Yahtzee in forever. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And uh, um, it was she she actually she had so much fun that she tells me like it was two days later. She's like, You're never going to guess what I bought. I was like, well, how would I know what she goes? I bought what she say. She goes, I bought a dice shaker. I bought triple Yahtzee word pads or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, she had so much fun and she hadn't played it in so long. And mm. she enjoyed it just that much. She's like, she went out and basically got herself a Yahtzee game. Um, it was like triple Yahtzee. So I was like, well, what's triple Yahtzee? And she's like, oh, you, I don't know. I guess you roll and put it in. I don't know. I don't know if you're playing three times and then adding scores or something, or you're rolling once and putting it in different locations in the different, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but um, yeah. I'm sure we'll be playing that soon when I get over there. Um, but it was fun. It's like, I love dice rolling. And, and I actually, for the first time, and I kicked her butt the first time in my life, I got two Yahtzees and the version we were playing allows you and i don't know maybe if the, the base one i don't remember the base yahtzee game allowing this but the version we that i have i think is called yahtzee turbo or no it's it's a yahtzee classic so maybe it, this might be the original um it it actually you can if you roll a second yahtzee you can just put an x there's another spot and it gives you like a hundred points for each extra Yahtzee you roll. And I was, and I ended up with two Yahtzees in that game. And I, I rolled one like right out, right. My first roll of the game was a Yahtzee. 
I'm like, wow. I have never done that. Like, I don't ever roll Yahtzee. <laughs> so needless to say, when I rolled the second one, it was pretty much over for her, But I was hitting large straight, small straight, full, everything. I was getting it. I mean, I, I just, it was just like, I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, what is, I need to go to the casino. <laughs> I need to go play craps or something because I am on fire. Nice. So, but it was, a, it was a lot of fun. And, and it, you know, that's the thing through all of it, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose. If you have a good time playing Absolutely. to me, that's all that matters. Um, like I, we, I got destroyed at Doomlings, but I, I got frustrated because I was struggling with something else, but it was, it, you know, I enjoyed us all playing and having fun. And, you know, that, that moment where my, <laughs> my mother was like, ah, I got a great card. And the next thing, you know, <laughs> ah, throw your hand away and draw a new one. <laughs> It's just nice. those moments are so fun. And it was like the fact that she had made that announcement is what made it so much better because I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just good memories. That's what I really love about board gaming is just the memories that we're making and the spending the time with people. So, right. Um, and uh, I'm excited this Friday. I got a group of guys coming over and we're going to play Lords of Waterdeep. So oh, nice. that's that's this Friday night. I got a guys gaming night, so I'm excited to get that back to the table. And so that I guess what I got to focus on this week is because it was taught to me and I only played it once and I really liked it. So I bought it. Now it's like, OK, I might have to teach others how to play. So I got to uh, I got to make sure I really understand it. So that's my homework for this week. <laughs> but that that's all. That's all I played, Rob. Nothing else is, you know, light a light time. No, that's that's a good list. That's a very good list. Okay. Um, oh, and just just for the record, yeah. I I might be starting a Gloomhaven run. Um, my, what does that my, mean? Like uh, starting with campaign one and? Yep. Okay. Not not Jaws of the Lion, which I do right. own, but the original Gloomhaven. Uh, my gaming group. Um, right. People keep talking about, oh, they want to play Scythe, they want to do Nemesis, they want to play some of these games that are a little bit longer, a little bit more harder or heavier, as you would say. And uh, people talk about Gloomhaven. And one of the ladies that is in our gaming group, she's like, yeah, I've played Gloomhaven all through by myself. She's like, I've done it solo. Oh, solo, okay, yeah. She's like, I'd love to do that with a group. And she's like, I'll even host it at my house. So... I finally, in our little group, I was like, hey, you know, I've heard several people kind of want to do this. So let let me know what works. What games do you want? And it, uh, pretty much there's we're, it looks like we're going to be able to get some a group of f- probably five of us. Looks like uh, I got to check if Gloomhaven does five. Wow. I don't even know. But um, I think we're going to be able to do that and get together at least two times a month to start rolling through. And I'm really excited about that because that, that looks like a game that I think I will absolutely love. So because I played uh, we did the first one on the Jaws of the Lion here with my kids and mm-hmm. I really liked it. I'm like, this is really cool. This is basically D&D, but it's all, you know, you don't need a DM, you know, and uh, but they didn't really take to it. So it's like I'm going to have to fight. So. I, I think I'm gonna yeah. get. I'm working it's, to get that group going. On it'll be a separate thing, like on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and we'll get together for a few hours and start running through that. For gonna take us a while. I guess there's like twenty something campaigns in the original game. I thought it's up to. 
I thought it's like 95. Oh, good. Is it that much? I think so. <laughs> Woo. Well, then we're going to be playing like, for years. <laughs> like up there. But I mean, some are short. That's my understanding. But uh, yeah, it's up to four players, and three and four is apparently the sweet spot. 95 unique playable scenarios. Wow. Is it? 95, yeah. 17 playable classes. Look at me. I actually remembered something. Holy smokes. Wow. (laughs) How are you going to get through 95? Wow. One at a time. (laughs) There you go. One after the other. Yep. Mm -hmm. How long is the full campaign? 113 hours for the main story. Oh, sorry. That's, that's, that's the electronic version. I was like, how could you do that? That's on Steam. That's the electronic game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the board game is 95. So it oh, I'm excited, dude. That's yeah. yeah and, and that's why that's why I'm polling people. It's like we got to be able to because if someone bails, it's just going to be like, dude, you're you're hosing everyone else. It's got to be something. And I know it's going to be tough. You get all these people. It's like, well, I can maybe do one Saturday or, you know, every other Saturday. But again, we've all of us are adults in this group. And, you know, one guy was like, I got like five kids and I got two left at home. And in the summertime, all three will be back, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, it can be tough, but it's like, well, you, you make the t- you carve out the time if you really want to do it you carve out a commitment and you commit to it just like everything else in our lives. Yeah. Don't be wishy-washy and just do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you really aren't willing to do it, then, then say, no, I can't. So, and sometimes I know we're going to, we're going to have weekends, right? We have to cancel because two people can't make it. Okay. We'll have to do it. We'll see you in two weeks or something. But I'm hoping we can get some people that are dedicated that want to go through it. So, but I do have a pretty good response. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to start, uh, consolidating that and get touch touch base with the person who offered her house and has the game and will basically probably run that for us and uh, start doing that. So looking forward to it. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) all right, moving on. So that's what we've been playing uh, last two weeks. And uh, so you threw some things in here uh, that we want to talk about. First up, what are some of the, like, you know, when you're trying to find out about information on gaming, new stuff and stuff like that, what are some really good sites or resources to to find out that, you know, that, to find out about games and things that might help new gamers? Is that what you had in mind with this one? Yes, because I, I came to you with this question. Um and there's so much out there, and it does seem like Board Game Geek is – I hear about that all the time. I, I, that almost seems like mm-hmm. that's the main place. <laughs> it but is. It legitimately is. Okay. But there's got to be other places, and I, I just wanted to kind of see if, if you know, for, especially for someone new in the hobby, someone who's been around a long time probably knows all this, but what about, like, someone for, for myself – you know, if you don't know and you're just starting, because I all I did was I picked up, uh, started listening to some podcasts and um, talk with you. Know, I got you as my connection, so I mean, you you are my my gateway. You're my you're my you're my website, right, Rob? What do nice. I do? Oh, do this. Mm-hmm. Go there. Get this. Okay, cool. 
And that's why I'm like, I got all these questions and I've been asking you, like I quizzed you the other day on what does this mean? And all these gaming terminology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh, outside of board game geek, are there, is that the quintessential everything's there? You don't need to worry about anything else. Or do you have recommendations for people that they might find useful other sites that we may not be aware of? So like, there's been like a gradual evolution over the past, I don't know, like 20 years, right, of where to go for information. And man, like years ago, I don't really even know how much there was, right? Because, you know, there really wasn't an internet. It was just like word of mouth. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you went and you bought your Avalon Hill game or your 3M game or whatever it was, and uh, and you kind of figured out. And I'm th- I'm talking about like I'll say like the more hardcore gamers, not those of us that grew up on Parker Brothers and and the like. But you know, it would basically be like very isolated groups of people that were gamers, and uh, you know, they kind of did their own thing in in small, tiny groups, regionally, whatever. And you know, then the internet came about, and you know, there was a number of evolutions that happened. You know, they had mailing lists for a while. I don't know, I don't know if you remember those, or if you ever really participated in those. Basically, you know, somebody would post like a question, it would go out you know, an email yeah. to everybody and, you know, depending on how your settings were, sometimes you had like 200 emails, <laughs> which just the discussion <laughs> yeah, okay. stuff, or sometimes you got to digest. And there's some news groups uh, as well. And then uh, BGG kind of came onto the scene and it, it basically like really transformed things because it was kind of like i'll say a purpose-built website that was dedicated to gaming of you know of different kinds and i don't know if you knew there's actually a video game geek as well uh, nowhere near as popular as as bgg i guess that's vgg for that I'd one never heard of that and yeah. you know how i am on a video game side yeah i don't i don't even know if it's still around I, wow I, let me actually take a look. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, a video game geek. If you go to that, you will find an oddly familiar <laughs> interface. <laughs> yeah, at the website. And uh, but but anyway, so um, you know, the gamers are gamers, right? And a lot of people like uh, board games, like video games, and, and vice versa. So uh, the of course, you know, BGG, I think, is leaps and bounds more popular than BGG. But anyway, so, you know, Board Game Geek, uh, you know, came onto the scene and it just exploded. And it basically, you know, assimilated some groups like Eric Martin of BGG fame. Like he started, it's like Board Game Info or Board Game News. I forget his website. And then he... Um, basically got folded into BGG and kind of, um, you know, has been running a whole portion of that, of that website for a while. Um, he does some really great board game reviews and even does, um, some good, uh, Gen Con 
I, we were talking about this the other day, like Gen Con yeah. previews, Origins previews, Spiel previews, whatever. Anyway, um, so yeah, BGG has become the basic go-to for a lot of information, and it, it has its problems. It, it's always been very unwieldy because they custom made it over, man, like what, 20 years now? And uh, to do the redesign even was when it's it's gone through a redesign. It was a lot different a number of years ago. And uh, they really struggled because, you know, how do you redesign something that was custom made, right? Some A custom made and it evolved over time. And uh, that's one of the reasons why it's been so slow to go uh, into this, you know, new version of the internet where everything looks pretty. I mean, BGG is still yeah. what it is. <laughs> and a, a funky interface, either you love it or you hate it. I don't know if there's any in between. <sighs> but, um, you know, it is definitely, I think, the the good place to go to find out about specific games and you know they have you know links to videos uh the discussion forums are really good one of the things that i find really fantastic about bgg is uh in their forums they actually have people asking about rules because we've all gone through this where um you know it'll have a certain rule that'll say when you get the dice, you know, move it, you know, X, you know, move your player piece X amount of things based on whatever is on this face. And then you're kind of like, well, what does that mean? Because in this situation, it could be interpreted two different ways. So oftentimes if you go there, you'll see like on the, on the rules forum for that game, you know, people will ask questions. Lots of times even the designers will answer. So that's one thing that's fantastic about it. But with that being said, even though it is an incredible resource for games, it's also, I think, a horrible place to discover games if you're just kind of poking around just because it's like there's just so much information and it's not easy to search through. Um, When it comes to like finding out about new games, um, I think it's Eric, Eric Martin. He actually does um, uh, a post on BGG News that lists like new games, like, oh, Freedom of Freeze is coming out with a new game called, you know, 40 Foxes. (laughs) All of his games start with F, um, like his name. And everything's colored green. That's, That's his thing. All games start with an F and everything's, a lot of things are colored green. You'll see that if you, if you look up on his stuff, but uh, you know, so he'll he'll like post in like a little bit about the game, and you know, and and uh, you can mark stuff to get flagged when, like, to subscribe to a particular game, particular game, so that if some news or something posts come out for it, you get notified, and that can get overwhelming, as well, but. You know, it's it's kind of like a dual-edged sword, right? It's a great resource, but it's overwhelming and it's difficult sometimes to find info. And years ago, I mean, I would check BGG probably 10, 15, 20 times a day. Like I just <laughs> go there and, you know, check the new posts, right? Um, 
and then it gets overwhelming. You can't like keep up with it. So I check it maybe a couple times a week. If that now, I just, I just can't keep up with all the posts and all the games. It was a lot different 10, 15 years ago when, you know, there weren't 50 games that came out every week back then. It's like, okay, you got like 500 games a year. Maybe that's like what one or two a day. And, you know, not all of them were ones that you were interested in, but now it's just overwhelming, especially with how many Kickstarter games are coming out. So with that being said, my favorite place to find out about new games is actually, well, actually I have two places. Uh, Number one, find some YouTubers that you resonate with and you will find all sorts of uh, channels out there. You know, there's like the husband and wife channels. There's a solo gamers. um, You know, there's just like a, a show of just, one person, group of people, whatever. They usually have a certain style of game that they like and find a group of people that like a similar style as you. And then as as you see them post new games and reviews and, and stuff like that, you'll find stuff that usually will be good for you. And... You know, some of the, I'll call them generalist YouTube channels are a little tougher to use that or to, to use in that way. Like I'll use Dice Tower, for example. They just cover everything. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like if Tom reviews something, you, you find, you know, that he likes certain style games. So he might give something a higher score that might be better for you, but they just go over too much stuff and it's difficult to, you know, just find anything. It's, it's kind of like the BGG problem of too much stuff and yeah. such a wide swath of stuff. But, uh, and then the other thing is um, uh, podcasts, which I sometimes wonder how popular they are <laughs> outside of like a, Oh, you know, one of those uh, shows that are on Spotify <laughs> that have bajillions of <laughs> listeners every week. But uh, uh, the same thing for podcasts, like, uh, and, you know, I'm back. I mean, we're an example of, of one of these. Like, you have certain tastes, I have certain tastes. If people find that, like, they resonate with us, generally, games that we play might serve as examples for. For others to go, oh, that, you know, I really liked Zool and, you know, Mark really enjoyed that. So, you know, this uh, dice game that he talked about today might be interesting for me as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can, you know, serve off a couple examples. Like uh, uh, one guy that I enjoy a lot of the games that he likes is uh, Mark Johnson of Board Games To Go. Uh, I've always found his show really interesting and I, and I like his games now on the opposite side there um, there's a, a show, a podcast called uh, Garrett's games and geekiness. And it's been around forever. Actually, both of Mark's and uh, uh, the Garrett's games and geekiness uh, have been around forever. I mean, like I'd say over 15 years, probably. It's just, it's just wow. crazy. And um, 
um, what I was going to say is, so Garrett's Games and Geekiness, I enjoy the show, but what I find interesting is like, I don't, most of the games that I enjoy, they wind up not liking. So that's like huh. an, it's like an opposite with them, but, yeah. but I still enjoy listening to their, to their discussions, but I, I don't value, not that I don't value their opinion. Um, I don't use, I don't use their, uh, what's a good way to put this? Their, the, what they, what they like or their recommendations don't, don't, you don't necessarily attach to that because exactly your, your style is different or what you typically like is a little different, but a- exactly. And, and games yeah. that, and games that they're complaining about and they don't like certain parts of it. I've oftentimes liked, <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's a, I didn't think it was a big deal, but, uh, right. but yeah, podcasts and YouTube channels, I, I think have, are just fantastic resources. And, um, you know, what do you think? Cause I, I know you've done both, right. Podcasts and YouTube channels. How, how, how do you, how do you feel about I, that? I do. There's, um, I've only found one, really only one um, podcast that I really do enjoy. Um, I haven't, well, outside of that. I mean, oh, they're, okay. yeah. they're the best. I mean, why listen to anyone else, right? Um, because everyone else is so much better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's, um, uh, what is it called? Um, I'm trying to, I'm pulling up on my thing right now. Um, it's podcast board game hot takes. Um, I do like those guys a lot. Um, I think they have some really interesting topics and discussions and I really like that. They really, I really do like how like their discussion, even if it's on a game I'm not interested in, it's they're really good at kind of keeping me, interested in what they say and they and there's like three of them on there and they all have different ideas or thoughts on it which is and they're all very intelligent speakers you know um like i feel like these guys are they do this for probably their job or something they just you know you and i we have daytime jobs this is we do this because it's fun and enjoy podcasting and but we're definitely not professionals and these guys just bring a depth to their discussion that it's like, man, I wish I had that much knowledge or depth to talk about a game in, in such the way that they do. Um, but I do watch a lot of YouTube. Um, oh no. Uh Oh, <laughs> what? Ah, ah, no, I was scrolling through this Eric Martin's news feeds. I just see an article here about a game called Forbidden Jungle. <laughs> no, I thought they were done at the three of them. Now there's a fourth one, and it looks like it's in a metal tin. Why oh, would you? Geez. Why is the third game in a box and the fourth one's back to a tin? Uh, uh, yeah. All right, Dad Gummit. Anyways, um, but <laughs> on YouTube, I really like um, Foster the Meeples. Um, Jeff and Jamie are a married couple, and Dude, I I watched one this last. She did um she did a it they were getting like this request for like day in the life of 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 them of and she ended up doing like the week in the life. 
and was showing kind of like what their whole week is like he he they both have real jobs but they do a lot of youtubing and they do a lot of games and they show off their their game library in their room and they and it's just they are so good they cover all kinds of different games they talk about solo games two-player games they do a lot of two-player games uh they do a lot of stuff on bga they do a lot of stuff with their friends um and they just cover so many things but it's very entertaining and they the quality of their video and their production is to me it's just fantastic Mm -hmm. like they'll 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 sit down or they'll do the little outtakes at the end which are fun to watch but even as they're going through their their stuff they're talking about um all of a sudden something will be said and they'll start it'll remind them of a song and they'll start singing the lyrics but obviously you can't put that in right otherwise you might get copyrighted but they speed it up while they're doing it so they sound like chipmunks and it cracks me up every time listening to them and it just i just start chuckling every time uh, when they do something like that or you know and they and it's just they're very very entertaining but their videos are normally not that long so it's sure because i still watch a lot of video game podcasts um even though i don't do the 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 this xbox life podcast anymore that you and i did for 700 something shows um i still listen to them because i still still game on my xbox sure in fact i can't wait till friday dead island 2 finally comes out rob oh sorry i've been waiting for that game for like 10 years no i know <laughs> i'm really excited for yeah. friday um i'm a huge dead island fan but anyways um but on, on uh, a, yeah on I, a side note have you tried the new um minecraft game just curious it it's not i don't i'm not a minecraft fan i love minecraft dungeons yeah but this new one um doesn't look like it will be anything i'm interested in gotcha i'm just not a fan of minecraft dungeons is because they took and the reason i like my minecraft dungeons is because it's like a diablo style of game but very simplified so i always hate to put diablo on there because diablo is pretty in-depth this is a very light Diablo in the Minecraft world, but it's the gameplay that I love. Mm-hmm. I still hate the 8-bit look, but yeah. Minecraft Dungeons is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, But I will probably, I think it comes out, that new one I think comes out tomorrow. Or maybe it's already out. Did it come oh. Out today? The new Minecraft for one? Some reason was, for some reason. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking it was Tuesday. Never mind. Yeah, it's not out yet. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it probably is because it's uh, it should have released uh, tonight. Well, it's a it's a Game Pass game, so it won't. Yeah. It it probably released retail uh, for me. It's like nine p.m. the night before. Yeah. So for you, it's like eleven o'clock your time. So it actually should be out right now. Yeah, because um, I I went to preload it on I think it was on Friday. Yeah. Or Saturday morning, I don't remember. And and it said, you know, op- unlocking in three days. So okay. it's, it's right around now, which I'm assuming is Tuesday. Yeah. So I, I installed it. I, I will probably check it out just because I really like dungeons and yeah. my kids love Minecraft. So I'm, I'm probably going to check it out with them. Um, but I'll, I'll look at it, but I don't expect it's going to be anything I'm going to latch on to. Um, Sure. So, but, uh, yeah, Friday, my world ends, dude. In fact, I might have, I was like, man, why did I have game night on Friday? And I totally forgot dead Island two comes out Friday. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I might <coughs> might have a <coughs> well, I hope this cough goes away. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta <Or> cancel, guys. <laughs> or you mean you hope it gets worse? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, back to board gaming. Yes. Um, yes. I do watch um, so I like them a lot. I like um Gnarly Carly. She doesn't seem to post much, um, not that often, but I've enjoyed um her reviews of stuff. I really like um what's his name? Uh Rodney Smith. I love him. He his I have watched, he does a how to play, mm-hmm. and he does such a great job. So any any game I want to play, I always go see if he's got a how to play video first. Mm-hmm. And I watch through it and then it's like, okay, and then read the book. Um, but it's like I gotta watch and it makes more sense. And then I also like um Oh, who's the other guy? Um, I can't remember his name. I'm looking at a picture of him too, and uh, I can't remember his name. It doesn't state it on the thing, um, but it's it. He's he's part of that same group. Um, let me see if I can find his name in here. Oh, oh Paula. Um, Paula Deming. I like her too. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know if they're. Yeah, I think they're part of BGG. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure because uh, it seems like as I know some of these videos, they have people from other groups that are like they add in. Um, it's here like he is. People will have their own channels, and then they'll also create for a network of, of sorts. Yeah, and I don't know. I can't seem to find his name. But the guy's really funny and he just he's I find his humor funny. Some people might not. Um, he's he's goofy guy, but uh, I absolutely just love watching his videos. And he's usually with uh, the other other two. I just can't find his name. Let me go to the end of this video and see if it's listed. Whoa, that's just a list of backers. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways so yeah there there's definitely a lot of different um uh oh i'm gonna find his name right in here somewhere so there's rodney smith i i want to say his name is also like a rodney it can't be oh i think i know who you're talking about because i think you mentioned him once before is it uh chaz marler yes okay yes that oh yeah here Chaz yep there he is Chaz Marler that that guy I freaking he is so funny yeah so I like watching them I do watch a lot of Dice Tower does, stuff lately does, w- um, does he do Pair of Dice Paradise or I don't know if he stopped doing that um I don't know what his I don't know if, yeah so he what his do, show is I just see him come yeah. up on different different things um. Yeah, I think different different so, videos. Yeah, so there's been a whole bunch of people. I think they they got hired. I think maybe to do full time BGG work. I mean, BGG is that big <laughs> at this point, um, and I think he's one of them that kind of jumped ship and. I think he's full-time. at Dice Tower. I believe he was, but I thought he he didn't. I don't know. Maybe he went. Uh, to BGG. Maybe. Yeah, he used to do um, stuff for Dice Tower. 
So I just see his videos come up a couple different times and it's yeah. like, I, I don't know. Let me, let me do a quick, uh, I'll do a quick look on the, on the YouTube and see what was recent. So nope. Filter by this month. Let's see what's this month that he's done. Uh, nothing. <laughs> come on. That's not right. So in the past year, so six months ago, he did one that was rolling dice and taking names. And he's on the watch it. Oh, one month ago here was one that he's on watch it played. So, yeah. So he's. I think that's BGG. That's, it's now. the same. Okay. Yeah, that's where I've seen him watch it played. Same with. Uh, yeah, that's where the other people are at that I that I like. So. Yeah, because so originally watch it played was Rodney Smith playing with his kids. Um, okay. He had a son and a daughter, younger kids, and um, he would do just a pretty nice job of, you know, showing everything, like, set up and, and how to play. Like, he kind of transformed you know, the videos uh, into kind of like what they are today for, like, as a standard. And then eventually... I want to say he joined or got bought out or whatever, uh, and he joined BGG. So now okay. he creates content for them, I think. So, yeah, I mean, they still, under the Watch It Played thing, I mean, he's still Umbrella. active there. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's that's where their stuff still goes. So that's so watch it played, I guess, is that I watch a lot of their stuff. There's a lot of personalities there that I really like on that channel. Um so that's that's a good one too that I enjoy. I mean, I think that's kind of the for the board game, I think those are the main three that I watch. Um one thing I really like about Dice Tower is I think it's every Tuesday they do um like a I forgot what they call it, but they, they do like, um, like a Kickstarter review and they go through like every week, what's like the current Kickstarters that are out there. And they, they, they go through a whole ton of them and they talk about them and what their thoughts are. And it's funny because some of them are like, I don't understand this. Why are they doing this? Or there was one, it's like, there was one they talked about last week where it's like, you get one card, you're trying to take it away from other people. And they're like, that card is not going to survive. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was just like, but they go through and they talk about the different Kickstarter campaigns and stuff like that. And yeah. it's just interesting. Cause you go to like Kickstarter, like you said, with BGG, there's so much stuff out there. And even if you yeah. try to filter it by board games, there's a million board games on Kickstarter, you know? So they, uh, I think it's called crowd crowd surfing. I think they do. I think that's what it's called. And they go through some different crowdfunding type of things. Yeah. Um, every week. And it's mm -hmm. just really, really good. Yeah. So that that's fun. But they got a lot of different stuff um, over at the Dice Tower. So I do enjoy that. And those guys are busy constantly. Like, oh, yeah. They record many times a week. So I really do enjoy that. I'm always tuning in to see what's new. Yeah, a ton of content. Yeah. So, but anyways. Yeah, and then I was just going to mention, there is a downside to all of these podcasts and these YouTube channels. 
And that is the more you listen. So like the more shows, the more podcasts you listen to, um, you know, the more channels you subscribe to on YouTube. And if you check that stuff every day, the downside is the less shelf space you're going to have because you're going to be buying more games because it is basically like yes. it's like hooking you into into it because as soon as you hear you know rodney talking about like what a great game something is you are checking like is this game available how much is it for let me check this site let me check that site do i need to do pre-order can i get it tomorrow amazon prime local games or whatever yeah and i do find that the more i listen the more i spend because now i'm on the look for more stuff but uh but yeah that's uh that's uh, a couple good places to find information on um on games until you get to the point of where you start figuring out what you like. You find what publishers you like, what designers you like. Like, for example, Matt Leacock, um, he's the dude that designed that um, role for the, I don't know, not role for, uh, role through the ages, Bronze Age. And uh-huh. he, also, he also did that uh, Forbidden Jungle game. The one that you just noticed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah. you you get into the thing of, well, I really like Matt Leacock's games because I've liked all of these, you know, X amount of games that he's put out. So when he comes out with a new game, you're going to look at it, right? Might not be for you, but you're at least going to look at it. At least I do. Yeah. Because I have my favorite designers. And some of them when they come out with something new, it's an insta buy. I'm a little more selective yeah. now than I was in the past. But I also had my favorite publishers. Granted, it's hard to keep up with that now just because some companies come out with so much stuff. But there were some companies that it's like like Lookout Spiel. Um I don't know if you have any of their games. Which one? Yeah. Lookout. Like no, uh, they do a bunch of like Uwe Rosenberg games. Um, I don't know well, patchwork. Patchwork maybe, maybe <laughs> patch patchwork might be one of them, but uh, I usually love all of their stuff. So if I see Lookout Spiel on on the box, <laughs> I'm always picking that thing up and at least looking at it. But yeah, up until you get to the point of where you like certain mechanics, you like certain designers or certain publishers, yeah, hitting the YouTube channels and hitting the, uh, the you know the podcasts and you know who knows what alt- alternate media uh, disseminations there are, you know, uh, Spotify, whatever uh, that you like, you can hit that and. And keep abreast of of things until you can judge it on your on your own. Anyway, Forbidden Jungle looks to be a pre order, so yeah, it's not out yet. Yeah, I I looked real quick on BGG and they're talking about it. Maybe the end of this month. 
sometimes dicey. No pun. Yeah. I'm not. There's no pun intended. That's <laughs> totally. That was totally on accident, by the way. Are you sure there's dice game there? <laughs> Is yeah. there a dice game? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, because you never know when a game's coming out. Just from the standpoint of, you know, you're looking at shipping across the ocean, and it's got to get through distribution, logistics, right? It's got to get out of the port. <laughs> yep. And I mean, it's better now than it was before, but I, I don't know if I ever told you, I ordered a scooter uh, from China, from the factory. Uh, uh-huh. Was it last year? No, it was the year before. And it took six months for it to show wow. up. And it spent a good chunk of that time <laughs> sitting off the coast of California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was fun. I ordered a scooter in June or May, and it showed up at, like, around Thanksgiving. And I can tell you, you're not going to use a scooter very much in the Chicago area around Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, it's not happening. But anyway, um, we got one more thing to talk about. And, uh, you know, the first, the first part was, you know, where can you hunt down, um, you know, information for new gamers and games and stuff like that. Uh, right. And second part is where to get those games. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of options. Like, um, like what have you had like really good success with? Any thoughts? <laughs> it it depends i think if if you are new to the hobby and you just want to kind of grow a library i would say don't overlook secondhand stores um thrift stores goodwills um salvation rummage sales Army, yeah. yeah salvation armies um estate sales things like that don't you know um, don't overlook those. You can, I have picked up some games that, and I see it all the time. People are posting in the board game geek Facebook page. Like I just saw, I get, I just got this, you know, and these are new games packaged for like five bucks. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, and these are like $50 retail games. Um, I have bought stuff at Goodwill for $5, $4 that are full. Everything's there. It, I've had stuff shrink wrapped still. Yeah that is like it's got like you're getting it for three bucks it's yeah. just like wow um Dude, I, haven't not- been, I haven't been to one in a while but i i used to go to these like mainly goodwill and, yeah uh, actually so here we had goodwill and savers I, I don't know if savers is still around but every time i go there i see at least two copies of apples to apples do you still see that one oh yeah everyone's got that one i think (laughs) (laughs) everybody's pawning it off on the goodwill but uh yeah it's um you might see a lot of older stuff you know you're not gonna find like brand new games there most likely but i've seen people able to find some pretty new stuff even shrink wrapped at an amazing price at some of these secondhand stores. Um, 
you know, look for consignment shops, you know, um, I don't think you're going to see as much like board games there, but I've been to some consignment places that you do see games. Um, it's, it's not going to be a plethora, but, um, you got, you got your friendly local gaming stores as well. Um, now the, the one thing about this, and I, I want to say this, your friendly local gaming stores sometimes, and I'm like, it's not going to be an always, it's probably most of the time you're going to pay a little bit more for the game. They're not a target. They're not a Walmart. You know, they can't, they can't buy in bulk and get discounts. You know, the reason their games are cheaper is because they didn't pay. They made deals with the publishers of these games to get them cheaper because they buying in bulk, right? They're buying huge stocks. The smaller game stores don't get that opportunity. Um, and they're, they're usually a mom and pop shop or they're they're That's it. They're the one store. Um, I have two different stores that I go to, um, once to the North, once to the South, and I do different things at each one. I will try to find a game there first and willing to pay extra because both stores I go to and I sit there and I play games in their shops, taking up their retail space with a bunch of other people. Sometimes I've had the, the one smaller store, they brought in food. They'll buy pizza. Like, you know, it's D&D night air and they just throw it out there and help yourself. You know, I don't mind buying from them because I look at it as I'm also gaining the ability to come in here, play with like-minded people. I don't have to have strangers in my house. I don't even have to worry about people coming to my house. I can just come here and, hey, I can shop if I want. I can see what's new. I get to know other people. To me, that's very valuable. And I don't mind paying a few extra dollars. Um, if you are budget conscious, then I recommend things like Target. Um, get their app because Target often does a buy one, get one 50% off of board games. They do that a lot. Um, but what happens when you have all the games that they have? Well, then, well, then, you, then, you're, then you're done with them. Then you can delete the app. <laughs> okay. all right. um, I haven't found Amazon to be very cheap, which surprised me. Um, I have found stuff on Amazon a lot more expensive in some, in a lot of cases than even the friendly local gaming store. But um, you can find deals. They do sometimes have really good deals on games and there, at least, you know, everything's new if you're buying, well, you know, from their store. In the past, there has been a problem with Amazon of counterfeit games, actually. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Cause uh, one thing that Amazon does is when you ship, like when you have a product, right, that your online store sells, everything gets pooled together. So, for example, if you have 50 copies of Roll Through the Ages uh, that you want to sell, uh, Amazon pools your 50 copies with copies from other stores, other online stores. And there are times where you know, counterfeits will go in there and then you might even th be thinking you're buying it from the, you know, legit place. But when it gets picked, you get a counterfeit copy picked. So there was actually some, some uh, like push a while back. I don't know whatever happened to this to have like some kind of legitimate legitimacy sticker, right? You know, like how some companies have those like little hologram stickers. 
Yeah. They're like difficult to replicate. And okay. So, yeah. So yeah, they were going to do something like that. I don't know whatever happened to that, but uh, yeah, that's one of the problems at Amazon. By the way, I thought I'd just mention that. <laughs> and if and if you buy a game on AliExpress, chances are it's not legit. <laughs> I'm just going to say yeah. that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. So Amazon, it's like, the, now the drawback too on Amazon is um, sometimes they will, to save cardboard, <laughs> they'll oh. slap a shipping label right on your box. I've I've seen people complain. I've seen it now. It hasn't happened to me yet, but I'm very cautious on Amazon now. I check the shipping because mm-hmm. sometimes it will you'll see um, item display or like it'll say something like shipping displays the item or something, which basically means they're not putting it in a separate box. They're slapping a shipping label on your box. Save the planet. No way. Yeah, and I'm like, nope, because you just ruined my box. So I, you're not getting that giant shipping label off of there. Well, <laughs> well, well, first of all, you hope that the game is in shrink as opposed to like, I think a villainous, <laughs> right? I don't think those have shrink, right? Don't they, they just don't. have like the stickers that hold the box closed? Cor- correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But a I lot think, of those have that now. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think one workaround for that is if they ever do that, I think you can tell them to gift wrap it. If it's available, sometimes I've wow. seen where it says gift wrapping is not available. Okay. So that, so just, yeah, be aware yeah. Um, of that potential issue. Another option, um, um, what was I was going to say? Hmm. Wow. I, I, oh, um, you can't you can't go to my store. I'm going to say that right now. I'm going to share this with everybody. Your store. You, my store. You're not allowed to go to my store um, until later, until after after two o'clock in the afternoon. OK, then you can go because I'll have already been done. But Barnes and Noble, the day after Christmas. All board games are 50 percent off. Is it or was buy one, get one 50 percent off? I think that's what it was. Buy one, get yeah. Buy one, get one for fifty percent off. Yeah. All board games. So, I mean, I sent a picture to Rob. I was like a kid in a candy store, mm-hmm. and I, my understanding is this happens every day after Christmas in the U.S. Yeah. yeah. So, if you have a Barnes and Noble near you, that is another great opportunity to get really good games. And my Barnes and Noble here has a huge um, section. Yeah. So they they have a lot of games. Not all of them do. Yeah. So yeah, check that out before you know when when December first rolls around. You might want to start scouting out your stores, find out which one has the biggest gaming section, and ask them: Are you guys doing your annual buy one get one half off on board games after day after Christmas? Yeah, and so. another thing about them is that there's a couple times through the year that they uh, cycle stuff out. Uh, off the shelves and they put stuff on clearance and then as stuff sits longer it gets cheaper so there are times where you can get really lucky and just get 
a pretty good game for like super cheap. Um, you know, like half price or, or even less throughout the year. And I used to have like rounds of stores that I would hit in the Chicago area, like just ones close to my house. And, uh, you know, I knew which ones had the better selections and then I'd stay away from ones with tiny selection. And, um, yeah, it was, it was always cool to find the game that was like super cheap. And then I finally figured out it's not worth buying games like that because you just don't have the shelf space. <laughs> anyway. I've pre-ordered Forbidden Jungle, by the way. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I, I found that the, uh, the Gaming Goat has it mm-hmm. um, online for pre-order. So nice. um, one of the other ones. So that's, again, that now you can get to the online stores. Like you've pointed me to Gaming Goat, Miniature Market. Um, I checked both of those. The interesting thing is I went to Game Rights website, the you know publisher of the game, and they, they don't even show it as coming. Yeah. They don't even have it as a coming soon, which is weird, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go right from them, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it in with the gaming goat and see what happens. So yeah, the order the nice has been thing, placed. The nice thing about them is that the games are typically 30% off. So yeah, I, it, actually, yeah, they, I saved money through them like right off the bat, mm-hmm. but then of course I got to pay shipping and handling. So yeah. that added a few bucks more, but it did save me like, they gave me $8 off right off the bat. So oh, yeah. it's like, nice. Mm-hmm. So it was only like $23. Yeah, there's a, so yeah, the Gaming Goat got their start here in the Chicago area. And uh, there's three of the stores that I actually hit on a pretty regular basis. There's one north of me, one southeast of me, and then one southwest of me. (laughs) (laughs) And, And although I just drove by the southeast one yesterday, and no saturday and uh i was really good i did not stop in even though i wanted to that's tough yeah but uh the cool thing about the gaming goat is that uh yeah they they sell everything even in their brick and mortar stores uh they sell everything pretty much at 30 percent off approximately so you can go into the store and get it basically at the same price as you can at miniature market and, and whoever and talk about instant gratif- gratification that is the <laughs> best yes the only thing better is amazon prime <laughs> same day shipping <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that is nice mm-hmm. when it works <laughs> yeah oh did, did you yeah. have any more to add or um no, I think that's yeah. it. Just uh, don't go into my Barnes and yeah, Noble day after yeah. Christmas until I'm out of there. <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. it's my only rule. <laughs> yeah, when you see the guy loading up his truck with a huge stack of games, then you can go in. Then you can go in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please wait outside. Yeah. Next year, I'm probably going to take a, a a trolley, or what is it, like a hand truck or a mm-hmm. a dolly. Yeah, yeah, a dolly with me, so I because my poor son, my youngest son, but he couldn't even see. He was holding just these stacks went above his head, and I just kept piling on. Hold this, hold this. There was another guy in there. He was just laughing, uh, and I just kept piling them on. And I, I, I ended up saving like, I think I got 
four hundred plus dollars of games for like two hundred and twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. I think is what it turned out to be. Wow, it, it was huge savings, man. Mm-hmm. Like Cascadia was one I got from there. Yeah. So, um, I don't. I couldn't even tell you everything else, but <laughs> that was one I do remember specifically getting in that sale. So, so now I know why your youngest son is getting buff to carry the games. <laughs> carrying all my board year. games yeah. around. Yeah. Yep. So. The, tr- the truth comes out. But yeah, for me to find games, um, yeah, I, I usually go to the Gaming Goat. That's my primary source around here. So I hit uh, one of the stores, and they're, they're usually pretty good about um, about having stuff in there. It was a lot better yeah. a couple of years ago when I'll say the main store, the, like the, I'll call it the corporate store, um, where the, the guy that started Gaming Goat, he used to live here in the Chicago area. Uh, he's out now. So the main one is now in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, it's very cool to hit it, by the way. They have like everything. And um, so actually when you order, it usually ships out of that store, by the way. But oh, okay. uh, but yeah, back then, uh, there was a great selection, which was you know good for me, bad for the wallet. Now the yes. stores are a lot smaller. And, um, you know, they don't get as many copies of stuff, so you got to be quick. But, uh, yeah, the Gaming Goat, and there's another store here called uh, Games Plus that's pretty good. Uh, they, Man, the store's been around for like 40 years, I think. So like <laughs> one of those ancient stores, you know, they have like such a huge like following, right, with the war gamers and board gamers and uh, just they are the place to go for just about anything. But the downside to them is everything is list price, which I think you were alluding to. So you're not going to get anything at a discount, even though they do have a discount program. It's like, you know, you spend a certain amount of money, you get these like uh, checks. And then once you complete, once you complete like a hundred bucks in purchases, then you get like 10 bucks off. So, yeah. So there is that at least, but it's not as good as, you know, getting something online, but, you know, the selection's good. Um, and then, you know, there's the other online places, you know, Miniature Market is good. Cool stuff is good. Uh, some of those are kind of tough to get new things because they sell out so quick. So yeah. if you don't, if you don't scan it, like if, if there's a game that's coming out, you gotta either got to pre-order it or you got to you know, keep an eye on it, on it for when they, um, you know, release new inventory, if they got it in on a particular day. Yeah. So yeah, cool stuff, miniature market, gaming goat online is good. I buy some stuff through them and card house is another one. I think they're out of Indianapolis. Um, bunch of the others are closed now or closing like fun again is no more. Yeah. Yeah. It's another casualty like troll and toad was one and, uh, uh, bits, bits and bites. No, there was, there was one that man, when I got started in the hobby, that's where I bought all my stuff from. It's that evil hundred dollar free shipping thing. Oh, you know, my two games are 40 bucks each. So it's 80. If I just spend another 30, 
or yep. 20, you know, I'll get free <laughs> shipping and it's like getting a free game, <laughs> man, how we lie to ourselves, but yep. uh, yeah. Hey, whatever we can do to justify. Exactly. But yeah, so, yeah, those are good sources. Amazon is iffy. Um, and then uh, if you're looking to get European games, you know, stuff that's not quite released yet, Amazon.de is also a good source. So oftentimes a lot of the European games, right, that are for the European market, uh, a lot of the games don't have text on them. You know, it's just symbols like the cards might have, um, you know, symbols instead of letters. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can buy, you know, like an, I'll call it like an international version and get, then get like a printout of the rules uh, on BGG that are in English. Um, this used to be more common way back when, but now most things get an English release. So it's not quite that bad. But yeah, if you're really jonesing for a new game that's not available in English yet, you know, it's German only or whatever country. Yeah, look at Amazon.de. They'll they'll usually have it. And stuff actually comes over pretty quickly. And it's a lot easier than uh it's a lot easier than buying from a European uh game store and then paying ridiculous shipping. That's shipping a good is, tip. Shipping is crazy. Oh nowadays. yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's crazy, especially if you go outside of you know a, a big outfit like Amazon. Yeah, yeah, those are some good places. Awesome. So, yeah. Oh man, it's a long one. <laughs> yeah. You you want to? Should we wrap it up or? Yeah, I think we can. Okay. All right. So. Um, oh well, I do have a quick question. Yeah, yeah. Is there a way for the community to reach out to us and ask us questions or maybe Absolutely. suggest topics? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we have a guild on BGG. Just search for this board game life. Uh, you can leave us a message at our website, um, both like a message or a voicemail. You can do it on there. You can email us at contact at this board game life. And um, man, I think, is that it? Yeah, I, I think that's it. <laughs> There's probably more. It's, it's late. It's late over here. <laughs> I'm a little, a little fuzzy right now, but uh, yeah, that's uh, a couple places you can reach out to us. And if you leave us a voicemail on our website, uh, we'll play your recording on the show because we'd love to hear from you. Cool. So all right. Yeah. So that is episode number forty-six. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you all. Uh, next time on 47. I'm Rob. All right. Go ahead, Rob. And you're not. (laughs) (laughs) We're tired. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. So he's Rob. I'm Mark. Yep. Yep. We'll see you at the table.